All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Rich, and really glad to have you out this morning. How about that 80-degree weather? Wow. I don't know about you, but I'm loving it. It's been pretty sweet. We're in a series right now uh, where we're going through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a book that was written by a guy named King Solomon, who was the son of King David. And the Bible talks about how this guy Solomon was very, very, very wise. It actually says this. It says, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. What sets the wisdom of Solomon aside from all other wisdom is that that little phrase in there that God gave. God gave Solomon all this wisdom, and because it's God's wisdom, that means it's timeless and it's true. It's just as relevant today as it was 5,000 years ago, and it's true in that it just works. It just works. God's wisdom leads to life. It leads to real living. Proverbs says this. It says, for those who find me, this is wisdom speaking, those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Life goes a little more smoothly when you live according to God's wisdom. Life is always going to be hard. There's always going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be troubles. There's going to be struggles. But if the ongoing reality for your life is that your relationships don't work, jobs just don't ever work out, finances don't work, parenting doesn't work, nothing seems to work, life just seems like a clunky old car that just constantly keeps breaking down, and you get it going, and it breaks down, you get it going. If that is the ongoing reality for your life, it might be because you're not living according to God's wisdom. When you get God's wisdom and you live by it, life works out better. Life is not perfect, but it works better. And this morning we're going to be reading a, a portion of scripture that I don't think I've ever heard in a sermon before, and it's found in Proverbs chapter 7. In these verses that we're about to read, wisdom is portrayed as being this, this lady who is standing at the window of her house, and she's looking down on the street below. And as wisdom is looking out her window, she sees somebody who's not wise. Let's read. At the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice, and I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the, in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. So apparently in this neighborhood, there's a lady. She's so well known for her behavior that you don't even have to uh, tell her name. The Bible just says, she, he, here's this guy, he's walking by her house on her corner, and everybody already, already knows where this story is going to lead. The Bible goes on to say, uh, as wisdom is looking out her window, then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. She took hold of him, this, this young man who had no sense, and kissed him. And with a brazen face, she said, Today I have fulfilled my vows, and I have food from my fellowship offering at home. Now, apparently back there in the day, that was quite the pickup line to entice somebody. But I don't know if it worked today quite so well. But she tells this to this guy, and then she goes on to say, So I came out to meet you. I looked for you, and I have found you! Exclamation point. 
I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deep, deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home till full moon. And I hope you can see what's going on here, right? He is, she, she's not laying out fine linens, and she's not putting perfume all over her bed to help him decide what to get his mom for Mother's Day, okay? That's not what's happening. She has got some bad intentions here. Next, we read that with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter. <laughs> like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver. Like a bird darting into a snare little knowing it will cost him his life. King Solomon is telling this story to his sons. He wants them to become wise when it comes to avoiding the dangers of sexual temptation. He wants them to know that even though it looks really good, it's actually deadly. Within a marriage, really, really, really good, and it ends up being really, really, really good, but outside of it, deadly. And of all the men in the world who would know this to be true, Solomon is the guy to be teaching this lesson. Solomon knows more about this than anyone else. He's got 500 wives. Yeah, you heard right. And 300 concubines. Let's just say Solomon has a little bit of a lust problem. This story isn't about uh, some bad girl as much as it's about this foolish king who has just given in to lust over and over and over again. And Solomon, through the school of hard knocks, has acquired some wisdom when it comes to avoiding sexual temptation. It's like you're an ox being led to a, the slaughter. It's like you're a deer that's being shot through the gut with a bunch of arrows. Solomon knows, and with that knowledge, this wisdom, he looks at his sons, he sits them down, he's he looks them in the eye. He makes sure he's got eye contact with them. And then he says this. He says, now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. He should have said in there, I know because I know I'm one of them. Her house is a, is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. Sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? But affairs, sexual promiscuity, pornography has left more than its wake of destruction. More than its fair share of lives have been ruined. And Solomon wants his sons to avoid it. And so he imparts, he gives them some wisdom. As you read through Proverbs, and the challenge for the month of May for everybody in our church has been to read through Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters. May has 31 days. You always know where you're at. This is a great, actually, if you uh, are going to read your Bible someday and you're like, this is a big book, where do I start? Something I like to do sometimes, I'll just go, okay, today is May 15th. I'll read Proverbs 15. But as you're going through Proverbs, you're going to see there's three types of people that are talked about all throughout the book of Proverbs. There's, first of all, there's the... The simple person, the simple person is someone who doesn't have wisdom. 
this young man in this story here is not referred to as a foolish guy. He's actually referred to in verse 7 as being simple. Other Bible translations use the word naive. This guy, he just doesn't know any better. He doesn't know that if he goes down that street at night, that danger is lurking. His parents haven't told him yet about all the sexual temptation that is lurking behind his laptop screen, that's lurking behind his cell phone screen. They haven't told him about all the sexual temptation that is lurking behind his tablet screen yet. He doesn't know that if he does a Google search and he types in sex, that he's actually going to see pictures of sex. A note to parents, impart wisdom to your, your kids so they don't get educated by the internet because that's not good. That's dangerous. This first kind of person is the simple person. They just don't know that they go this direction that it's going to lead to somewhere dangerous. The second kind of person is the wise person, someone who has wisdom. They have understanding. They have knowledge on how to live life. If this young man had wisdom, then he might have gone, might have thought, his thought process might have gone, okay, if I go down that street, I know who's going to be waiting for me down there, and so I'm not going to go down that way. I'm going to go this way. He's got wisdom. He knows what's this direction, so he decides, I'm going to go this way instead. Or he could have just decided, okay, I know what's lurking that way. I'm just going to go that direction anyways. Which brings us to our third kind of person the Bible talks about, and that's the foolish person. Someone who has wisdom but chooses not to live by it. This is King Solomon. He has boatloads of wisdom. The Bible says that God gave him wisdom like the sands of the, the seashore, and yet he doesn't live by it. He has 500 wives and 300 concubines. That's foolish living. Can you imagine date night? Not going to work out so well. Most of us have a hard time remembering one anniversary. Can you imagine having to remember 800 anniversaries? Even if you remember half of them, you still have 400 very upset ladies. Just not wise living. It's a no-win situation on many, many levels. Solomon has all this wisdom, but often he chooses to live like a fool. So if you're simple, what you need is to get wisdom. If you have wisdom, you need to live by it. And like we read earlier, those who find wisdom, who get wisdom, who live by it, they find life. They, 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 they live life as it's kind of meant to be lived, but those who fail to get, get it, they harm themselves. So the question I want to ask today is how do we get wisdom? Last week, we looked at the, the foundation, the, the key piece in getting wisdom it all starts with the fear of the Lord. It all starts with God. You've got to have God. You've got to have a, a, a fear of the Lord, a respect for God and who he is and his way. It starts with, with God. And this morning what we're going to do is look at another important piece in getting wisdom. And from the story about this guy who lacks wisdom walking down the wrong street, we read that getting wisdom requires something of us. Solomon, after he's done telling this story, he says to his sons, listen, pay attention. Listen, pay attention to what I'm, I'm telling you. He's telling his sons that if you want wisdom, the kind of wisdom that will bring life rather than harm and destruction, you need to listen and pay attention. And to take it even one layer deeper this morning, the only kind of people that will actually listen and pay attention are people who have the heart of a learner. People who actually want wisdom. If you don't want 
Wisdom, if you don't want to learn, then you're not going to listen and pay attention. Solomon's going to say, listen and pay attention, and you're just going to zone out. But if you have the heart of a learner, if you really want to learn, then you will listen and pay attention. And not everyone has the heart of a learner. Not everyone really wants wisdom. You might think you do. You might even say you do. But just because you say you do doesn't really mean that you do. Which brings up the next question. Well, how do I know if, if I want wisdom? How do I know if I've really got the heart of a learner? And as we read through Proverbs, Proverbs actually answers that question for us. In Proverbs 9, it contrasts someone who has the heart of a learner with someone who doesn't. The person who doesn't really want to learn is referred to as a scoffer, whereas the person who wants to learn is referred to as, as a wise person. It says this in Proverbs 9, Leave your simple ways and live, and walk in the way of insight. Okay, so that sounds good. That's what we're after. Wisdom that leads to insight, that leads to life, where we're truly living, but how? And it goes on to say that whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will, still, he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. And what it comes down to is this. If you want wisdom, you have to have the heart of a learner as opposed to the heart of a scoffer. And so for the rest of our time this morning, I want to dive into the difference between someone who has the heart of a learner and someone who has the heart of a scoffer. And before you check out and you go, eh, this kind of sounds like something that's not very applicable to my life. I think I'm just going to kind of zone in on these lovely purple and green lights and just allow my restless mind to wander to, into oblivion. Before you do that, you got to know that this, this message this morning could very well be the words that you need to hear to save your marriage from destruction. For students, it could be what you need to hear to keep you going on the right path for the next 10 years as opposed to wandering down the path that's going to bring harm and destruction. The first difference between someone who has the heart of a scoffer and someone who has the heart of a learner is that a scoffer thinks they know more than everyone else, but a learner humbly accepts that they have much to learn. You know what a scoffer does? They scoff. That's why they're called a scoffer not super complicated, they scoff. It's what happens when you tell your teenager that spending too much time on a screen can actually lead to what is becoming more and more known as technology addiction, and they look at you and they go, whatever, whatever. That's scoffing. And maybe on the outside, it's not, that the, the appearance, the expression is neutral, but inside they're going, Dad, Mom, you are such a dinosaur, like, what do you know? I mean, you had cassette tapes and you plugged phones and by wires into the walls of your house back in the day. What do you know? That's scoffing, and our culture is full of it. Mocking, disdain, this posture that I know more than you do, so get a brain already. It is everywhere in our culture. And, and you know what? What, what's wor the worst thing about being a scoffer is you won't get wisdom. 
You just won't get wisdom. Because wisdom comes from wise people. And wise people don't have the time of day for scoffers. Like Proverbs says, they know better than, than to correct or to instruct a scoffer, and so wise people will stay away from them. Wise people don't offer wisdom to scoffers. They believe what Jesus said about, or somewhere in Scripture, I think Jesus said it, but somewhere in Scripture about throwing your pearls before swine. They're like, no, I'm not going to give wisdom to a, to a scoffer. And the biggest issue a scoffer has is that they have pride. Scripture says that when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 11:2. Scoffing is everywhere in our culture today. Just pay, just watch a little bit of political debate if you don't believe me. 99 out of 100 talking news heads, doesn't matter if it's Fox or CNN, I don't, whatever your bent is, 99 out of 100 of them will be scoffers with this position like, I know it all, you don't, get a brain already. Mocking disdain, it's, it's everywhere. A learner humbly accepts that they have much to learn. So what are you? Are you a humble learner or a scoffer? Are you a marriage pro? You think you got it. You just know it all about how to have a good marriage? Now, no one's actually ever going to say, yeah, I'm a marriage pro. I, I just know everything there is to know about marriage. But often we live that way. When was the last time you went to a marriage conference? When was the last time that you, you, you uh, read a marriage book? When was the last time that you, you went to someone that you love and respect and you said, hey, help, help me, help us out with our marriage? When was the last time you said to your spouse, along you know, the lines of, honey, after all these years, I realized that I, so, I have so much to learn about how to make you happy? My guess, it's just a guess, is that in that moment, your spouse is going to be absolutely delighted to impart some wisdom to you and help you know how you can make her or him more happy. Maybe one of the reasons we have so much dysfunction in marriage is simply because we think we know better than our spouse what our marriage needs and what they need. And maybe if we had the heart of a learner more and, and asked more questions, we listened and then acted on what our spouses were telling us, maybe more marriages would be experiencing life. Do you have the heart of a, of a learner or the heart of a scoffer? Do you humbly accept that you've got much to learn? Or are you more of a, I kind of got it all figured out kind of person? Next point. A scoffer will only learn from some people, but a learner believes that wisdom can be learned from anyone. A scoffer is like, no, I'll listen, but only to the pros. If it's not in the book somewhere, it ain't for me. I need to hear it from someone that's way smarter than me before I'm going to give anybody my time of day. A learner believes wisdom can be learned from anybody. Last week, I got to hang out with a youth pastor from another church in the county, and I had initiated the meeting because I had heard a little bit about what this guy was doing with discipleship and his, his youth ministry. And our church leadership right now, we're just doing a ton of stuff with, with discipleship realizing that this is a big, big weakness in our church and we're addressing this. And so I just wanted to hang out with this guy and listen to him. Lead pastors aren't supposed to call up youth pastors and learn from them. But I'm of the opinion that I can learn from anybody. The person that I learned the most about how to live kindly and how to live a life of kindness, the person I learned the most from happens to be a nine-year-old. My daughter, Aaliyah, is way kinder than I, I am. 
And I've got 32 years on her. You can learn from anybody. If, 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 you, have, if you have the heart of a learning, you go, I don't got it figured out. I'm not just going to learn from the pros. Wisdom can be found anywhere if I've got a heart that's open to it. Another difference between a scoffer and a learner is that a scoffer dismisses criticism and correction, but a learner understands that hidden within almost every criticism or correction is at least a grain of truth. Scripture says that when you reprove a scoffer, they end up hating you. And the reason they end up hating you is because they just totally dismiss what you have to say, and they just think you're completely out to lunch with everything that you're saying, and so they actually end up hating you in the process. Last year, I had someone tell me that I was ungrateful, that I was taking their generosity for granted, and I was shocked. I was, and that shock quickly turned to being ticked off. I couldn't believe that this person had the audacity to tell me what I was feeling inside of my heart. Who does this person think they are telling me that, that I'm ungrateful? On top of that, I knew the opposite was true, that I was extremely grateful, that I was just uh, felt nothing but gratitude for what this person had done. But I was fuming inside. And pretty soon that turned to resentment towards this person. And you know what resentment leads to, right? It leads to broken relationships. You can't have resentment towards someone and, and be in relationship with that person. It's just absolutely impossible. But with this person, I didn't even really care. I was like, I don't care if I ever talk to them again. Good riddance, whatever. Just totally dismiss them. But the funny thing is, when a resentment towards another person comes in, not only does it break your relationship with that person, but it also ends up breaking your relationship with God. And God, who is a loving Heavenly Father, who loves me too much to let resentment grow in my heart, who, who loves me too much to let me become this burnt-out pile of rubble-filled resentment, he went to work on my heart, and I began to hear wisdom calling out in the street saying, Rich, you've got two paths in front of you. This path over here leads to life. This path over here leads to harm and destruction. If you want to get over here on the path of life, here's what you need to do. If you want to be over here on the path to destruction, don't do anything. Just keep on doing what you're doing right now. And I don't know where I heard it from. It could have been my dad. It could have been my mom. It could have been um, a pastor. It could have been a Chinese fortune cookie. I have no idea where I heard this little nugget of wisdom from, but it's always stuck with me. And the wisdom is that within almost every criticism or correction is at least a grain of truth. And so eventually in this situation, I came around and I asked myself the question, can I be ungrateful? And the answer to that question, unless I'm Jesus, is yes. I can be ungrateful. Are there times that I take people's generosity for granted? Yes, there are those times. And with this guy, were there any ways that I had done that? Yeah, for sure. And with that realization came apologies, and with that came heart change, and with that came more wisdom. You see, here's the deal. In every correction or criticism, there is usually a grain of truth. Sometimes it's an entire mountain of truth. Sometimes there's no truth. But usually within criticism or correction is a grain of truth. But like most wisdom, that sounds so good. That sounds so wise, doesn't it? It sounds so helpful. It just sounds like it's such a necessary thing to, to live life. But then when the moment comes where, you've been, where you're being corrected or you're being criticized, wisdom doesn't feel so good, does it? 
It doesn't feel so good. When a spouse or a boss or a teacher or a parent corrects or criticizes, the first thing we do is we get our back up, don't we? Who do they think that they are? They're so judgmental. They're so petty. No teenager ever said, Dad, Mom, you're right. I shouldn't have lied to you, but I know this is for my good. I'm so thankful for your correction. I'm so thankful that you've decided to take away my cell phone for the month. You know what? If you need to make it two or three or even just take it away for the rest of my life, you go right ahead. I just totally trust you. I'm so thankful for that. No, we get our back up, don't we? Nobody, when, when the boss comes to you and calls you out on some things, is thinking, wow, what a great boss that I've got. I'm sure glad they're offering me this, this feedback. I hope this little meeting just goes a long, long time. This is awesome. No one's like that at first. But here's the deal. What separates the learner from the scoffer is that eventually the person with the heart to learn will step back from the situation and ask the question, is there any truth to what's being said? Is there any truth? And then the last thing this morning that separates a scoffer from the learner is that a scoffer feels like they've arrived and know it all, but a learner never stops learning. Whether you're 13 or whether you're 91 years old, someone who really has the heart of a learner, someone who really wants to know what, what's God's way, they, they just, they never stop learning. They always want, they, they, they know that they haven't arrived. They know that they just, they, they want to grow. They, they just, they just want to grow. They understand that throughout all of eternity, we will be learning more and more and more and more and more about the wise ways of God. They just want to keep learning. And if you find that you, you're thinking or feeling like you've arrived in any area of life, your marriage, maybe some of you, you your parents in the room, you just kind of feel like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm arrived. I'm a great parent. I'm awesome. Or maybe you feel like you just, whatever line of work that you're in, you just feel like, man, I've arrived. I've just, I know how to be a great worker. I just, it, that's not the heart of a learner. The heart of a learner is I have not arrived. I, I've got so much to learn. And you keep your heart open to learning. Do you have the heart of a scoffer or do you have the heart of a learner? And I got to tell you, this is no small matter that we're discussing this morning. Because this isn't just about, okay, going through life and, and hopefully picking up some little nuggets here and there, some little wise truths to, to maybe make my day better. Or my, that's not what this is about. At the end of the day, this is about being a follower of Jesus. This is about being a disciple of Jesus. When you take that word disciple and you take it right down to, to, to the, the original language, it basically simply means a learner. Someone who is a learner. You're following Jesus. You're, and as you're following him, you're being changed by him. And as you're being changed by him, eventually you're committing yourself to the mission of Jesus. That's what a disciple is. And you can't be a disciple if you don't have a heart to learn. You just can't. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, if you want to grow and become more like him, it's absolutely essential that you have the heart of a learner. You have to have the humble heart of a learner. Choose to be a wise learner. Choose to be like those, those sons of Solomon who are on the, the receiving end of his instruction. You know, I just picture them, just eyes focused on Solomon, just listening to him. I mean, they kind of knew his life, and they're just, they're, they, they want to know, okay, this is, 
what, what, what's, what's our dad trying to teach us here? And they're just zoned in on him. They've got the heart of a learner. Be that kind of a person. Be that kind of a person, and you will get wisdom. You will get wisdom that will lead, like we read about earlier, to life, rather than living life just however you think it needs to be lived, which could lead to harm and destruction. Be a learner. Have the humility to be a learner. And when you do this, you will find life because you will find Jesus, the one who is wisdom, the one who speaks wisdom, the one who is a loving heavenly father who just wants to show us his way. You will find Jesus. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, if we're honest this morning, I think all of us in this room would have to say there's areas in our lives that we feel like we have arrived and we just feel like we've got it all together. Lord, I pray that you help us, humble us, help us to be people that are, are open. We have a heart that is humble enough to stay open, to learn and to grow, to hear wisdom uh, whether that's wisdom that's coming straight from your, your, your word, from, from the Bible, whether that's wisdom that's being taught to us by a parent or a grandparent, wisdom from a teacher, a boss, wherever that wisdom might come from, whether it's wisdom, maybe it's wisdom that, we, that you want to teach us through our kids. God, may we be people that have hearts that are constantly just open to, to wisdom, to the voice of wisdom crying out. And Lord, you know all of our situations, God, you know our lives, you know where we're at. Lord, everyone in this room needs to hear wisdom in a, in a different way for a different situation, different circumstance. And Lord, I just want to pray that you would speak to them. Lord, help them to see what your way is. Help them to know that this is, to have the, the discernment to know this is your spirit speaking and to have the courage to live wisely. Lord, we don't want to be people who have wisdom but choose to lose, live foolishly. Give us the courage, give us the strength, and give us the grace to live wisely, I pray. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen.